Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Tuesday, and welcome back to episode 483 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight we're going to be talking about some stuff. That's right, stuff, in the most explicit way possible. Most explicitly, though, talking about Madame uh, Webb or Madame Webb's box office, just how bad it actually has been because it's been quite atrocious. And I think as these numbers continue to roll out, we're just seeing how bad these numbers actually have been. And even though the film cost roughly 80 million, though recent reporting is now suggesting the film costs actually around a hundred million dollars to make. Let's just say the film is not going to be making its money back anytime soon. And it's not even just about financial losses because there were much bigger financial losses even just last year. The biggest reason as to why Madame Horrible, Madame Horrible, <laughs> Madame Webb, Madame Webb is as bad as it is, why it is the worst, is because if you compare it to any other superhero film of the last decade plus, ever since the MCU, the early days, even MCU, Sonyverse as well, this is set to be the worst performing comic book adaptation of the modern era which is saying quite a bit. And in fact, I would not be surprised if you were to compare this to even some of the 90s iterations, right? The very few 90s iterations, I uh, think, you know, think going back to things like Blade, for instance, I imagine the numbers are going to be a lot more favorable to films like that also. So anyway, with all of that being the case, please make sure you smash that like button, light up the fire button, Austin, smash the rumble button as well. And also make sure that you are subscribed, of course, to be able to enter into the chat over on YouTube. Uh, we also, of course, are going to be talking about the Raven Awards because Raven Awards, we're getting very close, closer than one realizes. Remember that March 10th is the night of the Oscars, which means that is going to be the night that we have our Oscars boycott show. So that'll be Sunday, March 10th. And that means that we're about roughly 20 days away from the Ravens, which means probably another 10 days or so left on actually voting for the Ravens. And I think there's still a lot of people out there that have not submitted their ballots. I'm comparing the ballots so far to, to last year even, and, and we're not even a third of the total of what we had last year. So if you have not filled out your ballot, please be sure to do so. Also, please be sure to share it out with anyone that you think has watched some of the films from last year, whether they saw mostly good films, mostly bad films. I do think that there is enough, you know, uh, enough categories, enough things in the award show for everyone to be able to have a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a connection to something uh, as far as the movies are concerned to show their love or their hate of movies that they either liked or hated. So make sure to do that. I did put the link in the chat earlier, so please do make sure that you uh, check that link out. I don't know if I can actually pin it on all the platforms like. Um, like I know I could do on individual ones, but make sure that you do so. Mods, if y'all can share that link out from time to time, I would very much appreciate it. So let's go ahead and say hello to the people in the chat. We are currently live on YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, and also on Twitter slash X as well. So let's see. We got Prince Screen in the chat. Hail to you. Um, also, my OBS crashed when I first hit Ghost Stream, so I don't know if there was even a slight hiccup on anyone's end when when the stream first started, but it crashed basically as soon as I hit start streaming. And so because of that, the chats that I had up early have unfortunately vanished. So if you left a comment earlier than 726, specifically on YouTube, as that's where most people leave early comments, 
uh, just keep that in mind. But print screen, what's going on? We got Bruce hanging out in the chat. Both of them are members here on the channel. Hail to y'all. We got the R hanging out over on Rumble. What's going on, good sir? Always appreciate you as a member of the channel as well. One of my uh, one of my many supporters over on Subscribestar. So thank you again for that continued support. We got Mr. Roy in the chat. Hello. What's going on, Mr. Roy? Hope you are well. We got Orange Hat, the man with the orange hat. Do not cross him. He's the king mod here. Follow his rules or he will chice, 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 slice your head off. It's been a busy day. All right. It's been a very, very busy day. I had to, uh, you know, I've actually been off since Friday. We, we've had this very weird, random five-day weekend, which has been uh, great for different reasons, has also been tiring for different reasons. We had a professional development today, and so because of that, I had to drive, uh, because of how our, our diocese is set up, I had to drive about an hour and a half, um, you know, in each direction. And so I'm a little tired today. Apologies if my brain just don't work. CM Chunk, what's going on, CM Chunk? He is a bit chunky these days. I am JMS. Uh, tagged to say, do you think Deadpool 3 makes a billion? Not even a high first, I am JM JMS. Like that that's that's all that you're that's all you're gonna say there, buddy. Um, but anyway, yeah, Deadpool 3, do I think it makes a billion dollars? At this point, no. At this point, I don't. This is one of those things where some people might be able to say, oh, yeah, I think it's going to make a billion for X, Y, and Z. And if they end up being right, they'll say, oh, I called it. But I do think that sometimes that is more so luck than anything else. Because based on the information we have right now, we have to look at the current trends of the MCU. We have to even look at the current trends of a film and a franchise like, like Deadpool. And when you look at the franchise itself, let me just go ahead and pull those up, um, those numbers up, just so that I have it as, as a reference for myself. We don't have what is typically seen, or rather, we don't have a billion-dollar franchise, essentially, right? So back in 2016, the unadjusted numbers for Deadpool 1 were $781 million worldwide. For Deadpool 2, it was $786 million worldwide. And so it actually saw a dip in its domestic gross uh, between 2016 and 2018, which means that it, it likely saw a much bigger increase internationally in 2018. So with Deadpool and Wolverine, Deadpool 3, I think that the chances of it hitting the heights of its previous films, I think that's a possibility. So getting 700 plus million, I think is a possibility because that is basically what the franchise right now has to work with. I, I always try to go based off of data. I always try to go based off of historical standards. As you all know, I, I talk about this all the time, whether you read the articles that I just started writing last month, um, over the past month over at Giza Gamers, where I kind of break down some of my methodology and some of where I get my numbers from. Or if you follow my channel and have been following it for years, y'all know that I, I try to always stick to, to those things because normally it's going to turn out well. Obviously, there's always exceptions to the rules. Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers, for instance, was a big exception, right? Even though nothing was indicating on paper historically that the film was going to make a billion dollars, it actually did make a billion dollars. And now we have a new standard set for that one because that was the first Nintendo adaptation to be taken seriously, to be done by people that were, you know, targeting it to the audience that it needed to target to target it to. Right? Unlike, of course, the 1980s uh, Super Mario, 1980s, 1990s Super Mario film. And so I think that when you look at Deadpool three, getting back to the main question, no, I don't think it makes a billion. But that's just because right now the franchise doesn't really have that in its in in the ballpark for it. But again, if any film was going to make a billion. That wouldn't surprise me. Great Wuda, tag to say, watched Beekeeper and it was okay. I also watched a Great Wuda. And that's what the funny thing is, is that I think a lot of people just assume I hate the movie for no reason. 
that I hate the film and I'm, I'm talking bad about it. Whenever I'm being negative towards a film's box office, keep in mind, I'm speaking about its box office and not about the film itself. So I think a lot of people, when they were kind of going after me for how much I've talked about the box office for Beekeeper, they're like, oh, you hate this movie and you haven't even watched it yet. Well, one, I have watched it and you know what? I thought it was good. I actually liked it. It's not perfect by any means. I gave it a rad score over on Critic List. If you want my full review, check it out over on Critic List. And I, uh, you know, obviously liked it in, in you know many different ways. There's also a lot of things that I don't like. I don't think it's the most polished film from a writing perspective. I think some of the CG is garbage. And that's the question that I have, though, kind of relating back to the CG. And this is the question I've been asking ever since the beginning is how much did this movie actually cost? And, and we don't have, as of the last time I checked, which was yesterday, we don't have an actual official reported number. The, the most official number we have is from an article in January written by, I think it was Variety or Hollywood Reporter, where they say, in reference to both Beekeeper and also to the film Mean Girls, the reboot of Mean Girls, that both of them are in the $40 million range. The problem, though, is that that's the only reference that there is, for one. And <laughs> unfortunately, there is also... Uh, you know, there's only reference, you know, as far as official references, there's only an actual reference to the official budget for Mean Girls, which is around that $40 million range, but there's nothing else. There's nothing else being reported as far as how much Beekeeper actually cost. So, as I've mentioned this previously, too, it's a film that, for that movie, it was um, under Amazon Studios, and as we all know, Amazon tends to overspend on a lot of things. You know, I, I mentioned the example all the time of the film Air from last year. A lot of people said good things about it. That film cost $80 million to make. I look at that movie and think, you know, I haven't seen that film, but everything I know about it doesn't seem to indicate that that should have cost $80 million. Now, Beekeeper, could it have been made for $40 million? Sure. But based on the current era of the studio system, it just wouldn't surprise me if it cost more. So, and, and again, I just want to clarify, anytime I'm speaking negatively about a movie... Usually it's going to be based off of the box office that I'm talking about. If I'm ever saying a movie's bad, it's always going to be, you know, in a context of whether it's the box office or whether it's the film itself. So, for instance, Madam, I mean, I keep wanting to say Madam Horrible. Um, I don't know why. Probably because there's a character in the play and musical Wicked called Madam Horrible. And so I'm like, my mind just immediately goes in that direction. But anyway, Madam Webb, I almost did it again. Madam Webb is a terrible movie that I've seen, unfortunately. It's a garbage-tier film. It is a complete heinous movie, over on Criticless, heinous score, and it is also a box office bomb. So it's terrible in both the quality and the box office performance. I don't know why I had to explain that, but it seems some people don't quite understand when I go after certain movies. Sometimes it's because I think the film is bad and I, I want the film to fail. Other times it's because I'm just trying to find the numbers and track them down. Oh, I say, it's got Ikthulu in the chat. What's going on, Ikthulu? Says, happy Tuesday. Wish you all uh, uh, all well as spring finally arrives. It's still pretty cool here. Still pretty cool here. Very much in, enjoy that. Very much enjoy that. By the way, I keep getting blown up here. So I don't know exactly uh, what's going on because it's not showing up on my end. I think it's because it was done through, let's see. da 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 da, -da. Um, let's see. So shout out to John. I got your email. Um, and there is a, there literally is a link to the ballots on my website. If you go to my website, ombreviews.com, go to Raven Awards, just click on it. It brings you to the current page. There is the nominations listed there. There is the video of the nominations listed there. And there's also a link 
directly to the ballot that you can click on there. So don't worry, I have taken care of that and I have included it on some of the pinned comments in my videos. Some of the reasons why I try not to add links over the course of videos is because YouTube is very weird about when you link to content that brings you outside of the YouTube space. I heard some people say before that it's a violation of terms or, or whatever it might be. I think that ultimately they just don't like it. And so I have seen kind of a difference when there are links, for instance, when I used to link videos or, or uh, in this case, you know, links to the ballot, for instance, I noticed those videos did a lot less, even just by putting it in the posted con uh, in the in the pinned comment. Um, so anyway, it is on the website, though, OMB, OMBreviews.com. And then just all you have to do is go through, click on OMB, sorry, click on, I'm distracted now, click on the Raven Awards tab, and then it'll bring you straight to the current year Raven Awards, and all the information you need is right there. So... Anyway, there was no note from John, but he sent a $50 donation uh, via the link space or the link link tree. Oh my goodness. It's changed its name. It used to be the Streamlabs donation, uh, but now it's kind of changed its name. And then there's also the link tree that I have itself. So link space is the name of it now, apparently, according to this. So anyway, shout out to John. Thank you very much for that $50 donation. Appreciate you, man. Also reminds me I should probably change my notifications so that I don't get distracted again. I have ADD, if you could not tell. Um, and if you couldn't tell before, now you absolutely can tell. Keely Chow, what's going on, Keely? Welcome back. We got Kimberly G. Killian, Shadowcat, what's going on? Welcome back. Thanks for being here. John Evan Bear, thanks for tagging and welcome back. We got General Wingster in the chat. What's up, Wingster? Says, where's my pizza? No, 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 no pizza for you. No pizza for you. By the way, blessed Lent, everybody. Uh, we're almost a full week removed from the start of Lent, Ash Wednesday of last week. I hope that your Lent is going beautifully. Uh, mine's going pretty well, obviously. Beginning of Lent's always a bit rocky, transitioning into, into new routines and things like that. Kili Chow, time to say, how are you, Thor, Freya, and Baby Sif doing? Uh, Lady Sif, she is doing great. Uh, she is not sleeping too well. She's ha been having a cold. So unfortunately, you know, baby, baby Sif is not just, you know, not, not sleeping too well because of that. Uh, the lady Freya is doing well, a little tired, but overall well. Baby Thor is doing fine. He had a pretty rough day after school today, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of just three-nager uh, breakdowns and stuff, but, but we ended the night well, and that's, that's, that's good. So I love my little guy. Let's see. Keely Chow tends to say, are you going to do some Steiner math? I, I hope not to do Steiner math because then even more people will be confused. Sheila E, what's going on, Sheila E? Welcome back. Scott McKenzie says, greetings, y'all. Greetings to you, Scott. Welcome back to the chat. We've got 50 people watching, 50 people watching on YouTube. Smash that like button, please. Cthulhu says, that's right, we're talking about stuff. Oreos and which is the best, original or double stuff? The only correct answer is double stuff. I don't know why that is even a debate. Whenever I see people have that question brought up or, or, or you know, have the debate, there is no debate. Double stuff is the only answer. Once you go double stuff, you cannot go back. Original becomes a complete joke. You realize how much you were being robbed in the original batch. Now, I will say, mega stuff, too much. And also, for some reason, it doesn't taste the same. It's almost like they're using something slightly different for some reason. I have no verifiable proof of this. It just wouldn't surprise me if the ingredients were somehow slightly different. Double stuff, though, that is my jam. Let's see. Indeed, Kili Chat also mentioned to people, make sure to keep the chat appropriate. Ambrose Chamberpot, who's a member, says, I liked Madam Webb, but again, I'm antisocial. Ambrose Chamberpot, oh my goodness. Really, man? Really? 
You're gonna you're 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 gonna have to make me do this, man. Okay. You made me do this. You leave me no choice but to declare you excommunicado. You 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 left me no choice, good sir. You are excommunicado. How dare you like that garbage, garbage film? <laughs> I am JMS, still hasn't said hi, but but okay. Uh says, Do you think Dune 2 makes a billion-ish dollars? I like how you now change that one to a billion-ish. Uh, I, for that one too, I don't. And I, I, I keep going back to this. I've mentioned this before. Look at the original box office for the first film. And if you're going to go right ahead and try to say, well, you, you know, day and date release. Yes. But we actually have early numbers, early tracking for the new Dune movie. And right now those numbers are not looking as impressive as that argument would make you think or suspect that it could be. Right. So essentially when we compare, and obviously these are numbers that are, you know, rolling updates right so every week or so there are going to be new updates for this and obviously we are very close right not this weekend but next weekend we're actually going to get the release of dune i'm very excited for it myself uh, my wife and i uh, watched dune part one again so i had seen it before she had not she really liked the film um but also had some issues with it too she especially had a lot of criticisms of how it it does not really adapt um, various parts of the book as as well as effectively as it, as it could have. And I, I agree for sure because we had both finished reading uh, the book. I finally finished it myself just about a few weeks ago, I think. I think. I think. I think. So based off of the numbers that we have right now, it does not seem like a billion dollars will be in the cards for that movie. Uh, and again, the reason why I base it off of, again, history. Okay, what did part one do? All right, that's kind of that that standard I think that Dune Part 2, because of it not having the day and date, will absolutely be able to match and exceed that of the original. But the original film, I think, was in the, what, $400 million range? Let me go ahead and just uh, double-check my math on that. So Dune 2021, yeah, was $434 million. And so looking at that, I think that domestically, I think there's a good chance it's going to do a lot better than the $109 million it made back in 2021. But, but it, all, it all stems back to this, right? That movie, right, made for $165 million, made about 2.6 times its budget. So it was able to barely break even. But remember, that's not taking into account the fact that it made so much more internationally, which means the 2.5 multiplier is not going to be as reliable. It's actually going to be closer to three times the budget because of those international splits. And what that also means is that the film just did not make money on, on paper, or at least did not make nearly as much as, as it could have. But that film released, remember, in September of 2021. It was only in December that you had Spider-Man come out and make over a billion dollars and just blow every argument about COVID out of the water. And so you could argue, okay, but you know things change in a couple of months. And so September to December is actually a kind of a long time. That might be true, but I also think that anyone who's even a fan of it, I'm a fan of Dune, right? I like the book. I like the book a lot better than than Dune Part 1. I love Denis Villeneuve, but I think that the story just, again, I, I've always had this issue from the first time I saw it in theaters. I don't like how they ended Part 1 in theaters because it's a very weird spot to cut the movie. And, and one of the issues I had was when the character of Jameis dies, there's supposed to be this huge focus on getting his water, right? That, that's like, it, it's done very quickly. And again, the mindset is because Whenever, whenever anyone dies, you want to make sure to get the water because the water is for the entire clan, the entire tribe, the CH, um, and, and so it has to be preserved. And yet they're just casually walking back, taking their time, and it just it, it doesn't really hit well 
especially when the book is is directly in your mind. So I think that because of that, it's also a niche property. It's, it's not the biggest property. Like, you know, for instance, you think about Harry Potter, about how many copies Harry Potter sold, Lord of the Rings, how many copies that sold. Dune, not really in the same ballpark. And I think that because of that, it's it's going to have a bigger audience than it had in 2021 because it did have those people watching on HBO Max. It has had people since watching on Max now, of course, presently known as Max. And so I think that it will increase it. And we're already seeing the trend is it's going to have a better opening weekend than the first film did. But I think that a billion dollars I don't think is in the cards. We'll have to wait and see what those numbers look like, though. And... As you all know, I try to wait for the actual numbers to come in. CM Chung says, I like Madam Horrible way better. Yes, I think Madam Horrible fits in many ways for, for Madam Web. We got Laura, the Model Major General story in the chat. What's going on, Laura? Shorty short. Keely Chow's a member says, For those of you who watched Madam Web and are Cowboys fans, was it more or less painful than a Cowboys playoff game? Dang. I've seen you make that comment a couple times now, Keely. Um, you, got, you got some beef with your Cowboys? <laughs> KK and Rumshki. Tanya say, I have a question about the Ravens. I think I missed a movie. Which actors were in Abstain? <laughs> Darn you, Kim Kang. Darn you, King Kang Rumshki. I see you trolling there. I see you trolling. You hating. There is an Abstain category. So if you get to it, that's the reason why I say everyone, even if you didn't watch a whole lot, if you watched one movie from last year, if you want to be like, okay, I'm going to vote for that movie in the categories that I can and anything else, you can click on the abstain button. Um, all categories are required. They are required. And if you are still waiting to see certain movies, I actually did a test stream two days. No, yesterday. Yes, yesterday. My, my time schedule is all crazy and whacked up because of the five-day holiday, random holiday. And so I actually did a test stream through Discord yesterday of Iron Claw, and it worked it worked very well and so i'm already uh trying to plan ahead and there is a dedicated section on the discord i posted a link to this Discord. you can find it on the community tab community post on youtube and also over on x as well it's in one of my highlighted posts there so if you want to join the discord server you haven't already that link is available and you'll see that there is a voice channel called uh public movie watch so it's just anyone who's in the discord will have access to it and I've asked for people to start, you know, making recommendations on what films from the Ravens they want to see that is kind of maybe holding them back from from, you know, finalizing their ballots or whatever it might be. And I will try to do everything that I can to, to try to do some watch parties with those films. Um, so obviously I've already done Iron Claw, but I'd be more than willing to do that one again. The first time was more of a test run. And so, yeah, let me know. Laura says, I'm more of an honorary mod. Yeah, I'm, but yes, but Laura, we also know that you're the mod of Major General, so you're much more than that. Much more than that. Let's see. Keely, in my Scott Steiner voice, that was no lie, and they spilled disaster for Madam Horrible. I, keep, I did it again. I did it again. Madam Webb. It was even right there in front of me, and I still said Madam Horrible. John Evan Bayer, what's going on, good sir? Tad say, a wise man said that forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. Are you a turtle, John Evan Bear? Is that what you are? Michael Burgett says, Curious if you have seen the poster for the new Borderlands film that dropped today. The trailer releases tomorrow. Curious to see what it'll look like. I haven't. I, I never played Borderlands, so I don't have much interest in that. John Winkster says, On a gaming note, I recently got the Tomb Raider remasters, and I gotta say, I love what they are doing so far. Yeah, I think I've seen some of the postings from Melanie Mack. Shout out to Melanie Mack. I know that she is a huge Tomb Raider fan and has been posting a lot about it. 
Um, I haven't been reading a lot of it because it's mostly like, okay, she's gotten some comparisons up there. And so the way that it's visually come across is that there's some issues or there were issues and either the issues are still there or they're fixed. I don't know. I'm not a gamer. So uh, please let me know. Ambrose Chamberpot says, I liked Madam Web more than any of the animated Spider-Verse films. I don't know. Dang, dude. Look, okay. I understand the Spider-Verse films, the animated ones are overrated. Okay. The first one, though, I thought was pretty solid. Second one, not a full story, just a bit long on the long side. The animation, at least, is better in the second one than in the first one. I hated the animation style of the first one. And I always say, it's not the images that's the problem, it's the motion. The motion just does not translate well. But I still have to say that the first film is a B-level film, the second film more of a C-level film. I would not put them in the F category that Madam Web is in. Like, Madam Web is objectively a terrible movie. And here, look, I like that you're using the words, like, I like the film, because you're more than welcome to like any film you want, Ambrose. You've been around for a long time, of course, too, so much love to you, brother. But come on, dude. That movie is just garbage. And we can actually see how garbage it is by the simple fact that this movie is a giant bomb at the box office. And so if you have not checked out my latest box office breakdown, both on here on the channel, but also over on geeksandgamers.com, I do write for geeksandgamers.com now, so please make sure to check it out. But from this past Sunday, Madam Web makes half of Morbius' box office, just to kind of put the picture and the image out there of how bad this is doing. All right, this film costs about $100 million to make. We now have that being reported as the actual budget. At the time of the writing of this article, it talks about how it's about $80 million, right? Sorry, that's talking about something else, okay? That's talking about how much money uh, Morbius had made. I digress. But $100 million is what right now the budget is for the film. In its opening weekend, right? And so again, this was before the adjusted numbers, which have changed. I believe the official six-day, so that's including President's Day, for Madam Web is around $51 million worldwide, okay? So not a whole lot more than the 49, uh, 49 uh, million that was being originally reported. In the same time frame, as far as opening day, Thursday for Morbius to Sunday, all right, in that three-day window versus the six-day window of Madam Web, you're talking about a difference of around $80 million was made by Morbius in its opening weekend over three days. So you take $50 million versus $80 million, Six days versus three days. Morbius ended its theatrical run at 160-ish million dollars worldwide. If the difference between the film, again, almost half of what was made by Morbius, especially when you take those extra days into account, if those numbers continue to hold, that means that Madam Web will continue to do about half of what Morbius did. Half of 160 million dollars is around what? 80 million dollars? which means that Madam Web is a very strong chance of not cracking $100 million worldwide. That would be the worst comic book adaptation, box office for a comic book adaptation in the modern history. So from the very beginning of the MCU going all the way back to 2008 to Iron Man. So over the last, you know, 15, 20 years, we're talking about a movie that's going to be the lowest, the bottom of the barrel. We thought for a long time after Morbius came out that nothing would probably be able to match that. And then Madam Web comes around and says, hold my beer. 
I think a lot of us have been joking about that too, saying, okay, we thought Morbius was bad as far as box office, just wait until this movie comes out. Well, turns out, yeah, it's 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 sort of looking like that. Because making $50 million off of an 80, now reported $100 million budget, is already bad. It's It's already not a good look. Because typically films, on average, make about three times their entire box office in their opening weekend, right? So what I mean by that is if you make $50 million, on average, most films that make $50 million worldwide will end somewhere around $150 million. That's on average. There's films that do a lot better. There's films that can do a lot worse. Given that most superhero films see massive drop-offs in their second weekend, with almost no exception to that rule, that means that we can suspect a 60-plus percent drop, at least, for Madam Web coming up this weekend, even with very little competition. It especially will be true in two weeks when I think it's going to fly off the face of the earth because of Dune coming out, which I think is going to be an actual strong performer at the box office. And what that means is that for Madam Web, it, it's going to cease to exist. And so whereas $150 million on paper might be the average that it has a outside small, very, very, very small chance of actually being able to hit. I just don't think that's going to happen for it. The more likely case is that it only makes an extra 40 million or so worldwide. That, that That's just abysmal. And it's going to be interesting to watch. If the film does break $100 million, I would say that that would be worth, you know, for anyone in the film, I would say that would be worth celebrating because right now the numbers don't really seem to indicate that that's a possibility. But here we are. One of the things I also did over the article over at Gizzy Gamers was I talked about the average ticket sales. And so if you take into account, it says here, in ticket sale estimates, that would, again, between 80 million worldwide versus 50 million worldwide, that would mean that 7.2 million tickets were sold for Morbius's opening weekend worldwide versus Madam Web's 3.5 million tickets. Yikes. And yikes indeed is the, the word of the day for this. Because again... If the numbers themselves, 80 versus 50, don't really make that impact scene, 7.2 million versus 3.5 million, I think that kind of, again, shows you very clearly, okay, yeah, we're talking about roughly half of it, right? Because that second number, the the actual estimated tickets, is taking into account the fact that even back when Morbius came out, the tickets were a little bit less than what they are now. And so that's, that's an advantage to Morbius in this case. So, not good at all. Very surprising, though, Bob Marley, One Love, did make quite a lot of money. Obviously, these numbers have updated since, but domestically, it was around $27.7 million for the three-day weekend, 45-plus. I think it got over $50 million in its six-day uh, total. Uh, you know, that, And that's just for the domestic market um, versus the worldwide. I think it's over $80 million worldwide at this point. And then Argyle was able to drop only 24%, but the film cost so much that it's just not likely going to see uh, much of anything. But yeah, what we can tell from all of these things is that it's not looking good at all from Adam Webb. So again, as of the weekend, 23.5 million was the three day. Okay. So actually, no, it was less than that. Sorry. The three day was only 15 million. The three day. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday numbers from Adam Webb, 15 million. A lot, a lot more was made by Morbius's opening weekend domestically. 23.5 million is what it had made with all the domestics up through Sunday. Add on top of that Monday's numbers, it brings it to 25, and that's why you have about $50 million worldwide at this point in time. Bad news. Bad, bad news. Not that anyone was expecting it to become a franchise, but if anyone was, I think that those dreams are pretty much done up. Let's see. Print screen 
who is a member, says, It never too early to start thinking about nominating Chris Stuckman for Shill of the Year uh, this coming year. Agreed. He got, he got an, I think, at least one nomination this year. It was not enough to get him into the, the, the ballot. I remember he was actually one of the names where the, uh, my criticalist group, my Ravens committee, they were the ones who helped me when there were certain categories where only two people got more than two people dominating them in a category. They're the ones that were able to, to rank choice the, the rest of the options. That way we could fill in the remaining spots. And so because of that, he, he barely missed out on getting nominated this year. And so I think, yeah, definitely keep that in mind. Definitely keep that in mind. I might have to, honestly, Prince Green, part of me wonders, because I'm always trying to find some way to improve the Ravens. Within reason, I think that there's some things that I'm sometimes recommended where it's like, okay, this is just above and beyond what what I have the the capacity, uh, you know, to to be able to do. Uh, and so, and John, I say yes on another email. I just can't read it, man. I can't read it while, while, I'm, while I'm streaming it. I just my mind cannot focus on that. But one of the things I was thinking about adding with the Ravens is, as soon as the Ravens this year are over, starting a I don't know what to call it. Maybe like a, a Raven shortlist ballot where as soon as you think of something for a category, you can submit it and then I'll start collecting those now. And so that way, when next year comes around, I'll say, all right, here's the shortlist. Here are the you know movies and persons that were getting mentioned throughout the year. So that way you have a list to look through of who do you want to nominate yourself and then that might help some people because I think that's also a struggle that people have is they forget, especially when it comes to like the one-liners. Sometimes people forget about certain lines in a movie, you know, certain quotes and things like that. So, you know, let me know your thoughts about doing something like that where, again, it's instead of you having to fill out a complete ballot, it's you can, you know, select which category you want to enter in something for and then you can enter in multiple times, do it multiple times. And then that way, over the course of the year, we'll actually have a short list and then be able to share that shortlist with others as they're filling out their own um, their own nomination forms. Because that might actually help increase people nominating uh, movies and persons and things like that. Anyway, just a thought. Let's see. Orange Hat says, Deadpool 3 is the perfect scam for Disney. If people give that movie profit, it will embolden Disney and they will feel vindicated when they shouldn't. Well, the issue I have, Orange Hat, is that it depends on what the movie is. We obviously have a lot of speculation. We have a lot of thoughts. We have a, a lot of potentialities for what the film could be. And I think the trailer didn't help that because the trailer is all about TVA. It's all about the universe that was built within the Loki Disney Plus series. And I think that that should be an early warning sign, especially where, okay, okay, this is clearly Disney trying to step in in some way and use Deadpool as a vehicle to either make money or to even try to reboot their universe in some way. The only caveat to that and the only saving grace I think that could exist is Ryan Reynolds because when you look at what Ryan Reynolds has done and the power and influence he does have, especially over the Deadpool movies, something tells me that anything that Disney tries to pressure or push is always going to be limited because I don't think that Ryan Reynolds would continue doing the project unless it was something that he thought he could put confidence in that he could actually support he could actually promote and so even if it is somewhat shilling towards disney i think that it'll still be enough of a deadpool movie to be enjoyed but again all we have is a trailer right now we'll have to actually wait before 
more word to be out on the story and other things like it, but I totally see where you and others who have concerns are coming from. Let's see, Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington says, Hi, Odin. What's up, Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington? Uh, Mr. Banjo Sandwich himself is a very strong supporter of the Ravens. I always appreciate that a lot, and uh, you're awesome, dude. J.S. Pena, what's up? Marshall J2, who is a member. What's going on, Marshall J? Says, Hey, Odin, great to see you. What movies you're excited about? Uh, what movies you've excited for? Godzilla X Kong? Heck no. I'm, I'm dreading that movie. I hope I don't have to watch that movie. As you all know, I am not a MonsterVerse fit. It, it's just not in me. Uh, Godzilla Minus One was fantastic. Inspired me to go watch another Toho film in Shin Godzilla, which I had some issues with because the film is way too quick story-wise. As someone who is on Team Subtitle all day, Team Sub all the way, that was a hard movie to follow because the subtitles were so quick because the language, right? They were speaking very, very quickly, in, even in their own language. And um, whereas, Godzilla, whereas Godzilla Minus One was a very casual pace that you could easily follow uh, for those that maybe don't like that. But no, no interest in Godzilla X-Kong. Uh, the next one on my list is Dune Part 2. That, that is one that I am anticipating. Wife wants to go see that too. So maybe I'll be able to see that opening weekend. May I'll be able to see that opening weekend with her. Um, and so we'll, we'll see what we can do with that. But yeah, other than that, Go to my uh, most anticipated list. I, I still have that video up. It was in one of the streams where I did that. Uh, and um, pretty much that, I guess after that would be Ballerina, maybe. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi, hail to you. Actually, no, sorry. Um, Cabrini. Cabrini's coming out the week after Dune. Uh, Cabrini, or two weeks after Dune. Whatever day International Women's Day is. Apologies for not having that day memorized. Catch my sarcasm, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> I think it's I, I think it's March 8th. I was going to say it's March 8th or March 15th. I think it's March 8th. And so that's what it's set to come out, International Women's Day, which I think is perfect because it's all about a, a woman who gives her entire life to God, gives her entire life to the gospel of Christ. And so I think that is just a beautiful message to have when the world today is like, oh, to be a woman means to kill children. It's like, okay. I think this is the message that we should be supporting. Strong women can absolutely exist and absolutely have existed in history. And those are the people that we should be praising. Not this faux strength, this this faux glory that's being painted by our modern culture and modern society. Uh, but I actually, have an, I have an early copy of, uh, of Cabrini. I've been holding off watching it because the filmmakers or the marketing team, at least, who's attached to the film... They uh, want to make sure that reviews are saved as much as possible for close to opening to try to help with the you know marketing basically. And so I'm to respect that. I know if I watch it, I'm gonna start talking about it, <laughs> just whether it's good or bad. So I'm I'm gonna try to watch that soon though, because I do want to try to get a review uh, actually recorded for the channel. Because I know I've been falling behind on video reviews, which is why I always say if you want written reviews of stuff, Criticlist is the place to go right now for that. Uh, but hopefully I'll be able to do a video review of that one since I got early access. J.S. Pena says, Ahoy, ahoy to you, J.S. Pena. Welcome back. Let's see. Snow Golem over on Odyssey. What's going on, brother? Says, I'll watch Deadpool 3 for free. Maybe I skipped the second one. I didn't like the changes in the trailer I could see. And by a couple of friends who saw it, they said, yeah, I wouldn't like it. Yeah, I, I will say this. Deadpool 1 is infinitely better than Deadpool 2. I think there's still a lot to be enjoyed in Deadpool 2 there's it's 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 still comedy still funny Ryan Reynolds still does a great job but yeah the difference between the two I think is very vast it's very it's, it's a vast difference between them as far as quality uh amongst other things 
Let's see. Ikthulu tagged to say, which was better, Sisu or Beekeeper? Seems both were movies that failed to realize the potential they had. Yeah, I mean, uh, man. That's a hard one because it's been so long since I watched Sisu and I didn't like it. Um, so I would probably have to say on paper right now, I would go Beekeeper. Because Sisu, I think I gave a decent score to. Because it was a film where it just was... The trailer was better. The trailer told that story actually a lot more better. A lot more better. A lot better. And I didn't think that... I think it was a mistake for them to have the scenes they had in the trailer because it gave a lot of their action sequences away. A lot of the the shock value that would have been relevant to have in a movie like that. All the shock was gone because you had seen everything already. Like the most intense stuff you had already seen in the trailers. Um, And I just don't think it translated very well either. I know a lot of people were big fans of it. I wasn't. uh, Beekeeper, again, not a... Phenomenal movie, but I think it's a much more enjoyable film for me. I think I'd rather rewatch that one. Let's see. Keely Chow, what's up? Um, let's see. Mike Jackson, hail to you, member on the channel. What is going on? General Wingster says, I'd rather watch Fifty Shades again. Oof. Goodness me. Snow Gollum says, nope, you had it right, Madam Horrible. <laughs> I'm glad that that's now a thing because of, of my silly mind. Ambrose Chamberpot is a member says, I'll vote like Democrats who are allowed to switch parties in the primaries. <laughs> Ambrose said that, not me. Shen Hong over on Rumble. What's up, good sir? Says, I watched Maltese Falcon for the first time because I saw there was a series. Anyone know if it will be disappointing? I, I haven't seen it yet. I-, I would have to say it has to be. You-, you don't remake, reboot, continue classic stories that don't need to be. Stick with the, stick with the original. Humphrey Bogart... Maltese Falcon. It's a fantastic film. I have no interest in any any a- adaptation. Matuine, what's going on, brother? I feel like it's been a while. What's up, Matuine? Welcome back. Welcome. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Great Widow says, I'm going to vote after this live stream. Awesome. Oh, boy. Guy is back. What's up, Guy? How do you feel about Disney letting Sony make their Blu-rays now? Do you think other studios will make other companies make it? I, I haven't followed that story myself, so I, I don't have all the details, but since Sony is kind of one of the pioneers of a lot of the technology around physical media, I think that that's probably a good thing. And to be honest, I'd much rather than put someone in charge than no one, because Disney has been very much about canceling all of their physical media stuff. Um, I saw a title for a video, so I assume that it's from a reliable channel, so I assume it's true that apparently Disney is about to end their Disney uh, movie club, where if you you know have Disney Plus, or if you buy their Blu-rays, you get these little codes, and then you can get points, and then with those points you can then buy movies and other uh, memorabilia items, so apparently they're canceling that, and one of the only reasons that ever compelled me to even have interest was the fact that you could use the points from movies you're already getting to potentially get more films, and so... I'm happy to hear, if anything, Guy, if that's true, I'm happy just to hear that they're still working with physical media because it, it just seems like they are kind of pushing pushing back, as we're seeing from other studios, too, unfortunately. Ricky Bobby. What's up, Ricky Bobby? The cookie is the best part. Stuffing is nasty. Ricky Bobby, you're crazy. You are crazy. No, no, no. It, it, it's, it's, again, it's perfection together. It works together. They go together like Ramalamalama, Kanickety-Dinky-Dong. Together forever. You should know the song at this point. <laughs> Print screen. Uh, unpopular opinion. Golden Oreos are the best kind. That That's factually inaccurate. 
you can have that opinion, and it is very much an unpopular opinion, but it is factually inaccurate. I'm not saying that those are bad. However, there it is. I am JMS. Was that so hard? Hi. There it is. There it is. Uh, let's see. Big Raj. What's going on? Thank you very much for the 199. 199 super sticker. Appreciate that very, very much. You are awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know why the sticker's not showing up. But thank you anyway. Actually, no. Sorry. It was a super chat. Was it a super chat or was it a super sticker? Usually it shows if it's a super sticker. But anyway, thank you very much for the super chat. Appreciate it, man. Matt Vader 74 is up, Odin. You're getting me home. Oh, I hope I help you, Matt Vader. I hope I'm not driving you insane with my ADD brain. <laughs> oh, love you, Matt Vader. All right, Gee back again. Do you think Disney should get the Spider-Man rights back because Sony is confusing actors by thinking they are in the MCU, but they are not? That's not really Sony's fault. That's both Sony and Disney's fault. Remember, Disney and Sony made a deal to have the Sony Spider-Man in the MCU, or rather to take the Sony-run movie and bring it into the MCU. So Spider-Man, Far From Home, Homecoming, No Way Home, all those were run by Sony. Marvel co-produced for a very small amount. I think on each of them, it was about 25% that they put in for budget. So it was a Sony product. It was in the MCU, but it was a Sony product. And that's what allowed for them to be able to have that Sony-verse Spider-Man character. So I think that, no, I, I don't want MCU to have the full rights to Spider-Man back because even though I don't think Sony's doing anything good with what they have, especially at this point, as far as the, the spinoff stuff, because Morbius was garbage, Madam Web was even worse, I would much rather a non-Disney company have these rights than Disney to have them. I don't trust Disney with them. And so I would much rather there be disruption in that ownership. It's one of those things where it's also kind of like very monopolistic too. It's like, no, I, I like having the fact and knowing the fact that Disney does not have full ownership of these characters. It's, it's kind of nice to know. Kimberly G says, lemon Oreos without the feeling taste exactly like McDonald land cookies from my childhood. Oh, interesting. That's obscure. I like obscure references. Victor Fontaine, who is a member, come fly with me. I always buy the mega stuff. They are by far the best. Again, I think the mega stuff is a great idea, but they don't taste the same. There's something different. I don't know what it is. I do not know what it is. G Monkey 76, hail to you. Zaid Manzani, what's going on, Zaid? Kigan Rumsky at 748 says, Will you be doing live theater math today? Do you want me to do live theater math? I think we did a little bit of math uh, talking about Madam Webb. I almost said Madam Horrible again. Marshall J2, what's up? Who's a member says, A lot of people are shocked and angry Rachel Zegler won Action Star of the Year, beating out Tom Cruise and Keanu Reeves in People's Choice Awards. Yeah, here's the thing, Marshall J2. It's one of those, it's one of those reminders about why these award shows are garbage. And we've already known this for a long time. But what's even funnier to me is that people are actually taking the People's Choice Award seriously. I, I mean, we're talking about an award that at no point in its history has actually been taken seriously. It's, it's never been seen as legitimate. It's never been seen as 
in any way reflective of what people actually think. Because it says people's choice, people's in quotes, Zaid put that uh, comment right after, and I think that putting in quotes is absolutely the most, you know, accurate way to talk about it. Because, no, 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 it's only whatever people have decided that they are actually going to invest their time in voting for this award show. Which is so well marketed that I'm sure all of us here just knew that they were, one, taking in nominations, votes, and 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 that they were also actually having their awards night. I had no idea that the award show was even going on, except for a couple things trending on Twitter. And really, the only thing that got any attention to the People's Choice was the fact that Rachel Zegler won Actress Star of the Year. The funny thing to me is that it's... If anyone was being honest, even if you are a huge fan of Rachel Zegler, whoever you are, even if you're a huge fan of her work in the Hunger Games film, in... I guess they would also be counting her work in Shazam, too, because she kind of had an action-y role there. But even if you were a fan of those things, if you were honest, you would have to look. You would have to look at what each person nominated gave in their movies. And you would objectively have to say, she shouldn't even be nominated. I mean, I'm sure there are people who were not nominated in that category who did so many more action sequences than her. And kind of the important thing to be an action star is to do action sequences. And even in the action, quote, action film she was in, she really didn't do a whole lot of action herself. But why I'm even spending time on this boggles my mind because it's the People's Choice Awards. You know how the Golden Globes are, you know, everything's made up and the points don't matter of of award shows? People's Choice is, is essentially the homeless guy outside of the studio of whose line doing a puppet show. That That's the comparison as far as, you know, legitimacy. That would actually be probably more entertaining and more worth your time and energy. Jeremy Zakowski at 750. Dune Part 2's budget is officially $190 million. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I have not uh, looked at that. So I will, of course, double-check that myself. Not that I do not believe you, but I do have to, of course, verify this information. Let's see. So far, this is being reported by AP News. Now, is this actually being reported or is this just them kind of making things up again? Because sometimes we do see that happen from time to time. It totally makes sense to me that the film would cost that much. The first film cost around $160 million and so... Um, wasn't this a movie, though, that some people thought, well, it cost a lot of money the first one, but a lot of that money might have also been going towards part two. They were filming it and everything. I remember people saying that, but I always reminded them, yes, but remember that each film's going to have their own individual, individually reported budget. So y- you always got to take that as, as it is. So anyway, let me see if that number is actually showing up in the article itself. Okay, so I just want to make sure that everyone sees what I'm seeing, okay? So it's said it's reportedly $190 million, right? Okay, I just did a control F on the article that is being linked to for 190. That does not exist on this page. Okay? So unless there is some other article that I am not seeing. This is, again, this is the the source that was uh, specifically cited on 
Wikipedia. And as you all know, I always say, don't just take Wikipedia's word for it. Check the sources. Right now, this doesn't seem to be a good source as far as the reported budget. Because that 190 does not actually exist as 190. Unless they, they spelled it out, but that would be a weird thing to do. Let's see, 17 references using one. I can't believe I'm actually searching for them to see if they spelled out one. Nope. <laughs> it just brings you into some creepy imagery there. So anyway, at this point, I cannot confirm that that is the actual case. Doesn't sound like a terrible budget based on the visual effects, but compared to how much this movie made in the first instance, that's that's I, I think that actually that should be concerning because I do think the film is going to make more than the first movie. But at a near $200 million budget, you're, you're talking then about making needing to make 600 or so million dollars to break even. And remember, too. Dune's going to be likely a much bigger international film than domestic, which means it's got to make that money up. It's only getting 40% from those international uh, markets. So it, it could actually be a death knell if it costs that much. But as I said, based on that very, very slow, very limited, you know, initial look, I can't confirm that that actually is the budget. Because again, the article being used doesn't even mention it. Marshall J2, thank you very much for the $5. Super chat. Appreciate your support. Thank you. Miss Mon Muses. What's going on, Miss Mon Muses? Uh, check, check out Miss Mon Muses. I'm going to be on her channel tomorrow. Tomorrow, Wednesday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to have a Catholic Splaining episode. She has a show on her channel called Catholic Splaining. And uh, we're going to be talking about Sola Scriptura. So if you are into talking about faith, theology, and other issues like that, and want to hear us have a conversation about Sola Scriptura. Check that out. Again, check out Miss Mon Muses. Appreciate all your love and support, Miss Mon Muses. See, Thanatos says, Dune contains philosophy, religion, economic cons conservation, politics, and war. Good luck. Yeah, it's a very, very dense book. And it's a dense story. That's why, as I said, it's a very niche story. So I, I don't think that the film is going to, because of that, be able to get into the... Because even having someone like Timothy Chalamet or or Zendaya, that might help you a little bit. But we've been talking about this now for years. The era of the star is dawn. The, the era of the star is dead. Who's in your movie does not drive people to see the films these days. It helps some people. It motivates some people for sure. That's always going to exist. There's always going to be some level of that cult of personality in some way, right? But whether it's The Rock who has... How many millions of millions of followers on social media? But he can make a movie like Black Adam that flops. Barely does anything at the box office. You have some other, you know, people like you look, for instance, at look at what's happening with Madam Webb. I know that they're not the biggest names in the world, but some of them definitely have a lot of followers. Not all of them are going to watch their movies. So the era of the star is dead, and so you need a lot more than just certain actors in your movie to be able to find success these days. And I think the box office has been a very good indicator of that. And so, yeah, I think that's Thanatos. I think that's a great point. Indeed, it's very dense. It does deal with philosophical questions, theological questions, you know, economic questions. So many. Kili Chow, I have the right to ask that question because I'm a Cowboys fan. Go Cowboys. 
You do you, boo. You do you, boo. Amber Sherma says, oh yeah, Madam Web was a Pepsi commercial too. Oh yes, the very clear product placement. Um, there was also, in the very beginning of the film, uh, Nikon was a sponsor. The camera that was being used, you saw very clearly the Nikon logo on it. You're like, oh, okay, so Nikon sponsored this film too. Look at that. Oh, we get to see how the pictures look too? Look at that. Let's see, Victor Fontaine What's going on, brother? Says, you missed Kadish and Vader praising the Lynch version of Dune today. I know how much you like his movies. They went into how much inspiration Villeneuve took from the Lynch version. Oh, boy. That just grinds my gears. Especially Vader, if you're still listening to this, I, I, got, I got some beef with you, man. So you're going to praise the garbage Lynch version. Again, I'm not trying to trash anybody that likes the Lynch version. That's just my own perspective. But you are going to say and defend and praise the Lynch version of Dune, but you're going to take issue with Seven Samurai. Ugh. And then you're also going to be your your huge fan of ugh. Vader, Vader, Vader. We're going to have words on Salty Saturday. <laughs> Let's see. Zion Waters, what's going on, brother? Been a while. Says, you mentioned how it's still chilly where you are. It just snowed yesterday here in South Central Idaho. I wish, I wish we were having that. No, I got, it got to be below freezing last couple of days. Orange Hat said, just saw the second Spider-Verse movie. The movie wasn't half bad, but I do not like cliffhangers, uh, cliffhanger endings they pulled. Yeah, I don't like that either, for sure. Um, as I said, I think that on paper, objectively, there is a lot of good stuff in those movies. Ikthulu, time to say, the only thing that saved the first Spider-Verse film was the positive father-son relationship. Without it, it was forgettable epilepsy fuel. It is absolutely epilepsy, epilepsy fuel, fuel. Can't speak today. I think you're absolutely right about that. And um, I think it's a good point. It's a fair point. Kili Chow, who's a member, the rumors are not true. Odin is still a member of Geeks and Gamers. Yeah, I don't know why... Anyone would have speculated that because anytime anyone asked and I saw it, I would always respond with, nope, still, still, still there. They obviously were reorienting the content on the actual channel for videos. And then, of course, waiting for confirmation on, you know, okay, who's still with us? Who are we? You know, how are we going to be acting moving forward? And then that's what led to me continuing on working through the website. And I'm loving it. I'm actually really enjoying writing those articles. Let's see, Zion Waters says, liking Madam Webb regarding it, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, I like Baywatch, Nights, and Thunder in Paradise. Liking something does not make it good, and it doesn't have to. Exactly. Exactly. Micah Burgett says, it was just announced that Gareth Edwards is in final talks to direct the next Jurassic film that's dated for July of next year. I, uh, I, I have no excitement for that because the Jurassic World films are just not good. The first one was the only one that I thought was was worth revisiting at any point because, okay, it's the first of this reboot, you know, this continuation. And it's just, they're not good. They're just not good films. And there's a lot of problems and a lot of issues that exist within them. So I like Gareth Edwards. I think that he has some talent as a director, but I don't know. Let's see. Shen Hong over on Rumble Tennessee say, did Mad Cow Web even play in China? Oh boy. I want to say, I think it has a release there. I don't think it's released there yet. 
Yeah, it's scheduled for a March 1st release in China. So it, it, it will be getting a China release. I don't think it's going to be making a whole lot in China. But let's just say the box office issues are already prevalent for that film before China even becomes a factor. All right. John Evanbear, what's going on, brother, says, have you gotten into any other Star Trek shows after DS9? Right now, I am on season two of Voyager, and it's pretty rough so far. Oof. Sorry to hear that. No, I haven't. I, I, I want to. I want to dive in. You know, part of me wants to start from the beginning, watch the original series, then watch Next Gen, and then, you know, kind of just, kind of just go from there. And I might be able to do that, but I've heard some people, it's interesting how many people have, like, their favorite stories within Star Trek, right? And I think that's really cool that there are a contingent of Star Trek fans that are all about DS9 life, right? That there are so many who are all about even Voyager. I've heard people say that they really enjoy uh, Voyager. There's, of course, there's others that exist that people are fans of too. Um, I still need to finish Babylon 5. So I'm still in that fourth season of Babylon 5. My wife got to the fifth season. Apparently that's when it kind of goes off the rails a little bit. Um, But... I still need to get back into that, but I just haven't had a lot of time. General Wingster, but is Madam Web worse than Fifty Shades? I didn't watch Fifty Shades. I have no desire to ever watch Fifty Shades, so I cannot say. I am JMS says, I disagree with you. The Spider-Verse films are not overrated. They're just really good movies. They are overrated. I mean, again, I think that you can say that there are objectively good qualities to those films for sure, but it can also at the same time be true that people overrate the film. And, and I go specifically to the animation style because people are like, oh, gosh, it's so amazing. And when you actually look at it, you think to yourself, OK, I think that the animation, the actual drawing of the characters, the character design, that is really good. The animation style itself, it's very, very rough. It is very much, as someone mentioned earlier, uh, epilepsy inducing. And I think also it could make people sick, <laughs> motion sick because of it's just very, very rough. Forever Sci-Fi over on YouTube at AO2 says, can Stuckman qualify as a shill if he's on the inside now? Um, yes, because he's still, the whole concept of the shill is that you're basically putting on a a, a facade, right? You're, you're putting on an act to try to prop up somebody else. And I think that that's what he's doing. Right now, he's just, he's still a shill because he's still, even though someone could try to argue that, oh, well, he clearly is a filmmaker now and and he's really not a much of a reviewer these days. It's like, yeah, but he still puts out movie reviews like all the time. He just doesn't talk badly about movies so much so that he makes this half-hearted video about Madam Web and it's like, bro, what what the heck happened to you? Obviously, I know, right? You, you got involved and you realized, oh, I need to make sure I stay on the good side of these people in Hollywood or otherwise I can never make it. Which again, that that's your business decision for sure, but you're also completely you're completely getting rid of any credibility you had. Because it means that you are now just bought and paid for. It just means, okay, I cannot trust anything that you say now because I now know you are going to try to make everything that comes out of your mouth something that will help you to become a filmmaker, to help you in your filmmaking career. And again, all for someone trying to, you know, improve their career, uh, expand their career for their career. But if you're doing that by being dishonest or by, again, shilling, I'm going to take issue with that. Prince Green had to say, Madam Webb would have made a billion dollars if we had gotten a Morbius cameo where he says, Morbin, 
Uh, more of men can do anything men can do. <laughs> oh, goodness me. <laughs> now, I think it probably would have made an extra million, maybe a million minimum, 10 million plus, if it was uh, Morbius coming in and credit scene to say it's Morbin time officially and them just going full Jeb Bush energy with it. <laughs> Master of Gaming, what's going on, man? Uh, Master Gaming says, Odin, I voted Chris Duckman for shill of the year at this year's Ravens. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. A goat 971 says, where were all the ladies for this movie? With so much girl power on screen, how could this fail with young women? I know, right? It's not like it's a terrible movie or anything. How could it possibly fail? But this kind of goes back to that point that I was making before. Um, oh, good. Okay. So there's a site that I use, and it's called uh, it's Movie.io or Movio. .co, and what it focuses on is um, it focuses on demographics, okay? So I've been waiting for the opening weekend results for Madam Web's opening weekend to come out. So first off, this tells you the share. So first off, audience for the U.S. market went up 77% from the previous week. Obviously, having new newer films is going to do that. And then of the entire market share, 29% of the audience and of the money came from Bob Marley, One Love. 26% came from Madam Web. But if you click on individual films, you actually get the full uh, breakdown of the individual movies themselves. So you want to hear something crazy? Look at this. Oh boy. Madam Web's opening weekend. Look at this breakdown. 61% of the audience for Madam Web was male. With only 39% of it being female. And this, to me, I think is a perfect example of why the film is failing so much. Because what what Disney, what now Sony, in the case of, of Madam Web, has done consistently is they've taken what is clearly a male-dominated audience, which is that comic book audience, that superhero audience. It's predominantly going to be men. The, the stats are very clear on this. If even Madam Web, which is being marketed as female power, you know, strong female character stuff, if even that type of marketing still gives you a 60% share male audience in your opening weekend, I, I got some news for you. It's not working. And it's clearly why it's clear why it's not working, right? Because even when no one's coming to see the even when no one's coming to see the movie, it's still mostly men that are sitting in the audience. And it makes sense because men as is clearly seen here, are much more likely to go see a comic book movie, an action film, one could even say, versus women. It's a different audience. There's different likes. Men and women are different. Oh my goodness. It's amazing that this is now controversial to say, right? But men and women are different. But I find this absolutely fascinating that this is the case. They've actually added some more stats since then as well, like right? breaking this down by uh, demographics. So, for instance, Gen Y, millennials were the largest share of, of those seeing the movie, followed by Gen X, then Gen Z, and then Baby Boomers. So, Gen Z was not even close to the largest market share for this movie. So, yeah, they, they were able to bring millennials out, but even amongst the millennials, 44% of, of the audience there, that was still dominated by men, 53%. So of the millennials that went, 53% were men, 47% were women. 
I find this site and these numbers fascinating, of course. And, and that's why I, I bring it up. But anyway, so yeah. Madam Web. Now, here's the other fun thing, too, okay? Let's just uh, give this some perspective. So for the total weekend, the actual weekend itself was almost half. Or, or rather, it was a lot closer. So for all films in the United States last weekend, 54% of the audience was male. 46 of the audience was female. And let's see right here. For Bob Marley, One Love, it was actually 50-50. So that kind of explains why that film was as doing as well as it did. Also, if you look at here, um, infrequent moviegoers, it says, infrequent moviegoers have been to less than six movies in the past six months. Frequent moviegoers have been to six or more in the past six months. 75% of the audience for Bob Marley were infrequent moviegoers. That makes a lot of sense too, right? People who had not seen a film in quite a while. For Madam Web, 60% of the audience was infrequent moviegoers. So probably people that only see superhero comic book movies. And so that's, that's again, what it kind of goes down to. But the other important thing, right? Just because a demographic is being represented does not mean that the movie is taking audiences from anybody else. This is, this is a debate that I've had with, with some others about this, right? But I think this just goes and shows you, right? Because if this number was 80% women, it doesn't change the fact that the number is is still low. So just because certain audiences are shared amongst different movies, right? Because we've seen 60-40 splits before where more money has been made. And it all comes down to whether the film is good, whether it has good word of mouth, promotion, things like that. But yeah, Madam Web, predominantly male audience opening weekend. What say you? I find that fascinating. J.S. Pena saw someone in chat say they enjoyed Madame Web more than the Spider-Verse films. Yeah, I get why not everyone likes those films, but once again, I'm so glad I'm never doing drugs. <laughs> Agreed. Let's see. King and Rumsky. Prediction. Deadpool Wolverine will kill off Fox characters for the TVA, but they will all reappear later as Disney characters. Ugh. Uh, would not be surprised if that happens. Yeah. It's already game over for, for Disney at this point, but game over, man. Grumco Thraka. What's going on, bud? I always love the name. Grumco Thraka. Thank you very much for the super chat. Appreciate it. Scavola 1975 says, The Marvels, Black Girl Magic, quote, was totally snubbed from the Raven Awards nominations. I demand a recount. Yeah, I, I, that's just the thing. That, and I say this all the time. This is why... When at the beginning of the year, I say, hey, here's the nomination form. Start filling it out. Share it, share it as well. Make as many nominations as you can because that, that's going to be the way that some films get in and some films don't get in. Some quotes get in. Some other quotes don't get in. But yeah, unfortunately, some just didn't make the cut because they didn't have enough support. Hardwick. What's up, brother? Maltese Falcon, 1941, starring Humphrey Bogart, is a remake. The original film is from 1931 and stars Ricardo Cortez, and the book was from a year before that. Okay. Maltese Falcon is still a phenomenal film, and most people, when they talk about the Maltese Falcon, are talking about the 1941 film. But I get your point. Orange Hat, Mint Oreos! <laughs> Shen Hong, tag to say, best Oreos, double stuffed, wrapped in deep dish pizza and deep fried. Uh, that's too much. Too, too much. I will say, the deep fried, you have something going on there. Because, oh man, I forget the name of it. 
But what is it called when you have deep fried Oreos? Is it just called deep fried Oreos? Or no, it's just fried Oreos. Um, but they have them a lot at street fairs. Those are phenomenal. Those, those are great. And they got like the powdered sugar on the outside. I can't think about that right now. It's Lent. Geek True 64. I'm fine with Disney Movie Club going away only because I hated that they put so many Blu-ray exclusives behind that paywall. Agreed. For sure, but do you think that that means that they're going to put them outside of that paywall? I mean, this is Disney we're talking about. The issue I had was that they still charge way too much. Way too much. Even in free points. See, Hardwick says, While I do like Oreo stuffing, I can understand someone not liking it. It's not real cream. Just a synthetic mixture made of corn syrup and who knows what. Yes, that's also why, for instance, Oreos are vegan. I found that out because someone in my earlier days of life who I dated, her best friend was vegan. And at one point, our Oreos were there. I'm like, oh, you can have Oreo? Oh, okay. Shen Hong, it's the Choice People's Awards. Yep. I think that's more accurate. Master of Gaming says, Paramount is doing well so far with both Mean Girls and Bob Marley One Love, and Lionsgate is also going to do well so far with Ordinary Angels and Imaginary. Um, Master of Gaming, so Mean Girls, it's not doing very well with. It's made a very small amount of profit off of Mean Girls. When you especially compare that to Mean Girls, the original, return on investment's not even close. A lot more money was made from the original Mean Girls than this. And so, again, breaking even's good, making some profit good, but not something that, you know, you look at that movie and how it was released, it's clear they were thinking they were going to get a lot more money from that movie and that just didn't happen that that just did not come to fruition bob marley one love the issue with bob marley one love is that the movie cost a lot of money that film cost a lot of money you know for for what the kind of movie that it is it costs around 70 million dollars reportedly so it has to make 175 million dollars worldwide essentially to break even could be more if it makes more internationally then that means it has to make up a lot of extra money because of the splits Right now, it's reported about $80 million worldwide, according to the numbers. It's about $56 million in the red. So it has a chance of breaking even. Once we have the week two numbers, we'll have a better idea about that. Um, but I, I would say using similar metrics that we use for other films, right, that three times the, the worldwide number, if it does that, it will be able to make profit. But it's not going to be the biggest moneymaker of the year. We'll have to wait and see, though. Still still a little too early. But I would not say that Paramount's knocking it out of the park uh, with their releases. And as far as Ordinary Angels and Imaginary, I don't I don't know where you're getting numbers from that would indicate that those are going to be big uh, returns on investment. Anyway, Steven, did I say, what are your thoughts on The Rock turning heel? You think this was planned since beginning or change? I think it was quick change, for sure. You look at how... You look at how the audience was reacting the live audience was reacting how they were filming the show when cody gave up his match against the rock live right and shook his hand it was a whole path thing it was the online community that that had the backlash because watching it live you you heard some people get upset but for the most part it sounded like there was some mutual uh, support there so no i think they did it on the fly i think it's one of the best decisions that they've made Absolutely one of the best decisions that they've made. Heel as a uh, rock as a heel makes so much sense. Apparently, behind the scenes, rock apparently told management, okay, um, I want to be heel. If they're going to boo me, I want them to boo me as a heel and not as a face. So it makes complete sense to me. And I think it's brilliant for them to do that. 
Snow Gollum on uh, over on Odyssey. Uh, People's Choice <laughs> People's Choice Award was a joke when I was a kid, and Zegler is a joke. So yeah, CM Chunk. WW Pro has a theory that it was Disney bots that manipulated the votes to prop up Snow White. Doesn't surprise me to do that. And uh, by the way, shout out to WW Pro. Uh, Disney, sorry, uh, YouTube uh, demonetized his entire channel. And they, last I heard, were just dragging their feet in, in helping. Because that's just what YouTube does. So please, if you can do anything to support WW Pro, I think that... And here's the issue too is that I think I think for him he has a already established Patreon community, so that's where he's going to be sending people. And, and part of me wants to be like, I think Pro should probably start to look at other means. Obviously, it's you don't want to create too many sites for people to find you because you don't want to create so much that you like like thin yourself out over multiple places. I know that I do that too, but again, I do this for fun. I know that he does this, you know, as a business, and it's it's something that is very important. Like when you tell a channel like WW Pro, or it'd be similar if you told Geeks and Gamers that you're demonetizing them for for three months or whatever it is, right? That that's gonna kill not just the channel, the momentum of the channel, but it's also gonna have a huge negative impact on on the personal lives of anyone involved with the channel either. So again, shout out to WW Pro. I hope that he gets support, but I do think that he should probably find at least one other alternative means of support outside of Patreon as well, because Patreon also doesn't have a great track record of, of protecting people. Let's see. Uh, Steven at 822 says, your thoughts on X-Men 97. I actually never watched the original X-Men series anyway, and everything I've heard about the changes, I have no interest. Cthulhu, insert Metal Gear Solid meme. My source is I made it the F up. <laughs> uh, Michael Bergat says, in the Variety article says, okay, so in Variety. Okay, gotcha. That's why I said I did a very cursory glance at the one article that was being used to cite. and the, So basically, whoever, cite, whoever used that article on Wikipedia as the source, not legit because that number does not actually appear there. If it's in another article, though, I'll I'll be able to verify that when I can actually see it myself. Steven says, It's sad that uh, that many chicks want to continue being friends after telling me she's seeing another guy and it's not her husband. At this point, just ignore her for good now. Yeah, I mean, I, we've been talking about this for a while now, dude. Yeah, seriously. To me, it sounds like she is not worth your time and it sounds dangerous, to be honest. Not just morally, but also it sounds like she might be cray-cray from what I'm getting. Fontaine, yeah, the Doom Part 2 IMAX fan event that premiered the Sunday before the opening weekend is still not sold out in my area. Yeah, and again, could it get sold out? Maybe. I think it'll be well attended because I do think there's a lot of passionate fans, but those are going to be the ones that show up first. And then what happens second weekend? It might. It has the potential to either have a low, lower than expected opening weekend or to have a higher than expected, but then a sizable drop. We'll have to wait and see, though. Still too early to tell. Michael Brigat, time to say, Deadline just announced that Boon, uh, sorry, that Bong Joon-ho's next film, Mickey 17, is now set to release on January 31st of next year. Yeah, they had already announced maybe a month ago that it was getting delayed, but glad to hear that there's a release date. Yeah, that, that was one I had some interest in. Victor Fontaine says, nice reply, Odin too funny. King Ramsky says, have you ever been stugmanized? Again, I used to be a fan. I used to be a fan of his. Before. <laughs> uh, before he, he went off the deep end. The R on Odyssey says, Voyager pre-7 of 9 is pretty awful. Gotcha. 
By the way, it's 849 in real life, 840 in the chat, so I am catching up. Heartbreak Ridge, what's going on, brother? Thanks for joining the Discord server the other day. Says, welcome home. Sorry, welcome, chat. Just got home from a long day of driving home from seeing family. Well, hope that you had a great time with your family, and hey, thanks for being here. We're about, about to wrap things up here, I think. 50 people still watching. Thank y'all very much. Remember Sci-Fi, deep fried Oreos are for when you just want to take the quick way out, but don't want to end up in hell. <laughs> yeah, if you have them all the time. Steven, have you yet gone to movie theater for this year? If not, what's the first movie you're going to see in a theater this year? Um, still haven't. Yeah, I think I don't think I have yet. Let me let me check my ledger, which is my AMC A list app. Nothing in the past thirty days. Nothing in the past sixty days. Yeah, so the last theater, the last movie I saw in theaters was December 21st, Iron Claw, which was a great experience. So I will definitely be watching Dune Part 2 in theaters. So probably that one. And I do plan to also, if it's good, see Cabrini a second time because, as I said, I do have an early copy of that thanks to the studio. Orange Hat says, well, folks, I got to dip out. Got to get ready for the bar room. You all behave. You behave too, man. Howard says, you know, the Oreos started as a knockoff of Hydrox cookies, which debuted in 1908 and 2015. Hydrox came back and are now non-GMO and made with cane sugar and no high, fruit, uh, no high fructose corn syrup. I had never heard of Hydrox. Is that the full name, Hydrox? But you had me at cane sugar. I might have to check that out after... <laughs> After Lent's over. Snow Golem, don't tag his profile. The capture program doesn't see it and won't even display the message. If anything, just type the name or just type out the message and you will see it. Yeah, since whenever it's a few people on a certain platform, whether it be Rumble or Odyssey, typically I can tell whether someone's talking to me or not. Um, but yeah, Snow Golem, thanks for letting them know. Uh, yeah, try to tag if you can. But if you're on Odyssey especially, yeah, just typing the name Odin can help. General Wingster, it is staged. Correction, it is staged. There is a difference. Master Gaming, are you interested in Land of... I assume that was meant to say Land of Bad? And no, I, I, I am not. CM Chunk, his channel is monetized again. Thank thank goodness. I'm glad to hear that. But it, it's still awful because... And this is, I think, the worst thing. I think this is the worst thing about the whole... Uh, about any time a channel gets demonetized. Any of the momentum, any of the lost revenue doesn't get, doesn't get made up. So obviously I'm happy that he doesn't have to wait 90 days, but it's also like still the fact that it even happened is is ridiculous. Magic Gaming, what generation are you? Also, are you interested in Land of Bat? So again, don't ever repeat things, especially if it's something that I can easily figure out in the case of Land of Bad. Um, but as far as generation, millennial, technically, 1980s, 1988. I am old enough to run for president. Snowgom 30, uh, Snowgom 13. Oh, sorry. They didn't get it fixed. Um, just wipe my messages from your mind. <laughs> uh, I don't think they got it fixed because I'm still not seeing the tag. I'm still not seeing the tag. I'm just highlighting your comments. Uh, comments. Fear of FEMA says Hydrox are dope. Hydrox are kosher. Well, I think, Ooh, Hard Hardwick says I'll put a link to Hydrox website of the discord. Okay. Sounds good. 
All right, with that all being said, we're about at time tonight. Let me just double check a couple things just to make sure that we are all set to go. It is the season of Lent. I think that's one thing I just didn't talk about uh, more formally today. So I hope that you have found something in your life to sacrifice, something that you can give up, something that you can uh, just try to challenge yourself just a little bit. It's something, too, where, and I know people oftentimes ask whenever I bring up Lent, oh, what would you give up? What would you give up? It's actually good to try to come up with something for yourself and then to not try to publicize it. And, and the reason why is because it's, it's that that can help you try to fight against that sin of pride where it's a, oh, well, I'm giving up this. Look at all the good I do. Just find something. And I always I tell this to, to students too, right? Just find something small. You know, it could be something like if, let's say, one of the sacrifices you're making is actually adding things to do, like, like adding prayer or physical exercise or whatever it might be. Start off small. Just like a, you can't run, for me, for instance, if I were to try to run a marathon tomorrow, I would die. You need to train to run a marathon. If you try to read an hour's worth of the Bible every day, if you try to spend an hour in prayer every day just from scratch, you're going to crash and burn pretty quickly. Whereas if you start five minutes a day and then 10 minutes a day and then 15 a day, right? And you build yourself up just like training for anything that takes physical um, energy Spiritual energy, you also need to be able to train up as well. So, anyway, I just wanted to say that. Use this time. It's a great time to start making changes in, in your life. Let's see. General Wingster says, Do you like this land of bad things? <laughs> to be honest, I've only seen like a poster or two for it. And I just did not seem like it was that interesting to me. I don't know. Yeah, Russell Crowe. Let's see. It's not getting very good reviews. It's a 2024 action thriller film by William Eubank. Okay. Who co-wrote the script with David Frigerio. Not really recognizing any of the stuff. Liam Hemsworth, Russell Crowe, Luke Hemsworth, Ricky Whittle, and Milo Ventimiglia. Yeah, I got to say, it just does not seem interesting. Budget of $18.7 million has made $2.2 million. So, no no thanks. Not not really my thing. Nothing about that really entices me. Uh, Prince Green, have a good night. Keely Chow, have a good night. Kimberly G, have a good night. General Wingster, I gotta work tomorrow. I gotta work tomorrow, too. Ikthulu, Lent is the season to sacrifice things. Err? Have a wonderful evening. Ikthulu, you knew that. Ambrose, I gave up good movies. No! The R, have a good one. Hugo, have a good one as well. General Wingster, you have a good one as well. Let's see. How do you feel about Land of Back again, Rumsky? How dare you troll me? How dare you? Abomination. Where you been, man? How many Hemsworths are there? There's a lot of Hemsworths. There's a lot of Baldwins. There's a lot of Hemsworths. There's, there's a lot of these families out there. Snow Golem, I know the DQs by us use... Hydrox because they were cheaper. They just paid to use the Oreo name. Interesting. Victor Fontaine, thanks. Oh, another great stream. Thank you, good sir. Mr. Roy, you have a good night. Keely Chow, have a good night as well. Print screen, before you go, do you want to watch Land of <laughs> So please do not recommend Land of Bad. Remember, check out the Discord server. The link has been posted on the YouTube community page and on social media as well. So if you've not entered it in yet, please do so. Also, check out one of the comments on the Discord server 
where it asks about recommendations for movies to show in our movie watch parties. So please make recommendations and do not ever think about trying to recommend Land of Bad because I'm not seeing that. I have no interest in that movie. <laughs> At this point, it's, now, it's just now just a principle. It's like I refuse to watch it out of the principle of the thing. Um, for all I know, it could be a, a fun movie. It doesn't seem like it, but hey, you never know. But yeah, make sure to check that out. Also, make sure you vote in the Raven Awards, everybody. Vote in the Ravens. Go to the website, ombreviews.com. Click on Raven Awards, and you can find all the stuff that you need there. King of Rumsey says, you've got a Rumble Rants. Oh, it didn't notify me. Or did it, and then I, I just missed it. I didn't know what I was looking for. Let me see. Let me see. Because if I missed it, I want to make sure to rectify that as quickly as possible. Okay, well then let me open up my studio itself. Victor Fontaine, thank you very much for the $10 Bumble Rants. Victor Fontaine, crossing platforms to drop that donation, man. Appreciate it, Victor Fontaine. Thank you so much. I still need to figure out how to even withdraw from Rumble because it's just not a straightforward system. <laughs> but I appreciate it nonetheless, man. And his message is chipping in for some Let's see. Chipping in for some popcorn when you and Lady Freya go see Dune, uh, Dune 2. By the way, she thinks the Dune popcorn bucket is hilarious. So I will, if we if we get to see that opening weekend and if somehow that popcorn bucket is still around. Someone tells me that's going to be a hot commodity. Alright? <laughs> I, will, I will use the funds or at the very least reinvest those funds after the fact towards getting that popcorn bucket uh <laughs> just just for the lulls just for the lulls abomination you may not be interested in land of bad but what's your opinion on the subset <laughs> yes i was i was waiting for someone to bring it up abomination thank you hugo jeremy should win show of the year uh again well you gotta vote for him vote 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 as everyone likes to say, especially here in America, vote early and vote often. That's all I'll say. Abomination with the pizza. Cthulhu, the popcorn bucket is going to be an heirloom. It seriously will be. Like, I'll get to the point where baby Thor is going to college, and I'll be like, son, there's something very important that I need to bequeath to you. Because in the year 2024, your wife and I went on an adventure to see a film and we ate popcorn out of this. <laughs> that you might enjoy more popcorn out of this. Very inappropriately designed popcorn bucket. Now that you're old enough to be able to appreciate that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I love y'all. Y'all are fantastic. Abomination, uh, after you figure out how to collect from Rumble, go ahead and start collecting from Odyssey. Yeah, that's the other thing too with Odyssey, right? Is that the issue with Odyssey is... It's 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 like a cryptocurrency base, right? And so because of that, the value of it changes. So it used to be a time where the crypto I have in Odyssey was quite a bit, and it's gone down quite a bit in, in more recent years. So if I did this for the money, it would be an issue. But as you all know, again, I do this for fun. Any of the money that I make goes back into the channel, whether through giveaways. Sometimes I will buy movies for myself, right, to just, again, to feed the hobby. That's basically why uh, why I continue to do this, because it's fun. I do enjoy it. King and Ramshki, maybe use the popcorn bucket to explain the bird. No, 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 King Kane. Had to shut myself off there. How dare you? How dare you? Yeah, exactly, Abomination. 
It's not worth a lot these days. But Kinky and Rumsky. <laughs> bad. Bad Kinky and Rumsky. Anyway, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I got to head out of here. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Vote for the Ravens. And as always, God bless.